really glad to be back. We had a wonderful weekend away last weekend. There was a good group of us, maybe 14 or so, went with us to Baytown. And it was, to us, you had to be there in the spirit of the whole function, Saturday and then into church on Sunday. We thoroughly were blessed and had a wonderful time together. So let's all stand and let's go to the Lord in prayer and get... uh, ready to receive from the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. Lord, I thank you, God, that we can come into your house with our brothers and sisters, Lord, and receive of you, Father God. Holy Spirit, have your way amongst your people, God. Open the ears, O God, and prepare the hearts to receive a word that is exactly what each one of us need, that we may be strengthened, that we may grow thereby, Father God, and endure our race and finish our race strong and uh, We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Well, I know you're hurting. See it in your eyes. So pull back the curtain. Take off your disguise. Whoever told you you ain't worth the fight The cross tells story that'll change your mind There's only love in the heart of God No room for shame in His open arms There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. There's only love in the heart of God. Oh, 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 oh. come prodigal children. It's never too late Run home to the Father Let Him clothe you with grace And bury your burdens Break free from the fear And step out the shadows There's no judgment here There's only No room for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. And there's only love in the heart of God.
Remind me you're always here for me. So I come boldly to your throne. I'm not just hoping. I'm not just wishing. Yes, I am praying to a God who listens. Oh, what a promise that we've been Yes, we are praying to a God who listens. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is so much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power, riches, or fame? God is so much better than all of these things. So I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. My God is Nothing for God that's it. 
impossible. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have, doesn't already know. There's no problem too big, no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. So I won't be singing so good today we can hear we're, we're actually starting to hear y'all up here a little at least I am uh we got so much to be thankful for I just kind of thought about it last night it's we started with Sawyer two things a night what are you thankful for what's something that God's blessed you with um they're 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 interesting right now it's uh number blocks silly dance moves um jammies uh so but, you know, the, the way we look at it is we got to start early, you know. My parents did it. I strayed. <laughs> so, you know, what I want to change and hopefully that, you know, you can guide them as much as you can, um, you know, and start early. And so, you know, we've been focused on that, trying to really find things that, you know, gosh, we're blessed, you know. I mean, we can't. I mean, no matter what's going on in your life, if you stop for a minute and realize you are greatly blessed so um we've been working on that with him and I think as he gets a little older we'll get a little more serious but uh you know so I think it's something you can always do within your own life um you know find things every day that you can thank him for you know so Whoa, I'm broken, trying to mend the pieces my own way. Caught somewhere in between, lost in shame and walking the narrow way. Lord, I need you. Bring me in with gentle grace. Take this pain and break these chains. I'm down on bended knee. Whoa, Lord, be my guiding light and change me from the inside. Through my struggles and temptations, I need you right by my side. When the devil's at my doorstep trying to pull me back outside. Lord, I need you to be my guiding light. Lord, I need you to be my guiding light. world is crazy, makes it easy to walk astray, 
No matter where we look, the devil leaves his mark trying to take my soul away. Someday there's crossroads with paths to the unknown. But with you as my guide, I can take my strides, leave the dark behind. Oh, Lord, be my guiding light and change me from the inside. Through my struggles and temptations, I need you right by my side. When the devil's at my doorstep trying to pull me back outside. Lord, I need you to be my guiding light. Lord, I need you to be my guiding light. If you're hurting, don't you ever give up on life. If you're weary, let him take away your strife. If you're lost within, let me tell you, my friend, God already won the fight. Oh, Lord, be our God in life and change me from the inside. Through struggles and temptations, we need you right by our side. When the devil's at our doorstep trying to pull us back outside, Lord, we need you to be our guiding light. Lord, we need you to be our guiding light. Oh, Lord, guide us in your light. Lord, be our guiding light. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Can you tell Jesus you love him? Love you. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm glad everyone's here this morning. Uh, we're glad everyone's joined us by live stream this morning. I want you in here to take about two minutes and go shake two or three people's hands, three or four people's hands. Tell them you're glad they're here this morning. If you watch by live stream, you can go get your other cup of coffee or change your pajamas into your day clothes. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment, praise God. That sweet melody in my soul. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I'm glad you're here this morning. And as my bride already said, we are glad to be back. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is nothing like home folk. You know what? I love going to visit other family members of the body of Christ, but there's nobody that can take your place in my heart. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, I want to welcome each and every one of our first-time visitors this morning. If you're in this building this morning, this is your very first time at Hill Country Cowboy Church. If you would, just slip a hand up real quick. And uh, hold it up, and these gentlemen will put a card in it, if you would. Amen. Give them a hand clap. Hallelujah. These gentlemen will put a card in, if you would. Fill that card out for us. Do not put it in the offering basket. But at the end of service, through those double doors, before you go to get your Mexican food plate uh, and eat, there's a place called the Welcome Center back there. If you'll take that card to that young lady that'll be at that Welcome Center, she's got a gift for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Man, if you'll come back one more time. Uh, we are a giving church. We believe in the, in the principle of giving unto the Lord. We believe in tithing. We believe in offerings. So if you need to tithe and offer an envelope, if you would, raise your hand this morning. These gentlemen will put one in it. And I always tell our visitors, do not pay your tithes at this church because this may or may not be your home church. I always tell, I've had people say, well, when do we become members on your second visit? <laughs> Amen. We don't have no letters to fill out, no letters to move from one body to the other. We just, we welcome you as the body of Christ. But it is a standing rule. If you come from a denominational church, that you leave your denomination at the door. Amen. And just bring Jesus in with you. Can I get an amen to that? <clears throat> Hallelujah. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ. It don't matter what people call themselves, what denomination you call you. If you love Jesus, we love you. Amen. amen. If you don't love Jesus, we'll minister to you, and then you will love him. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, one more time, we're a praying church. We believe in the power of the Almighty God to supernaturally heal people, to supernaturally deliver people, to supernaturally meet every need that you have. So if you need a, a prayer request card, you want to pray for yourself, you want to pray for something you need or something you know someone else's needs, they don't have to be here this morning. If you want to have a family member you want to pray for, put their name on there. Amen. Put the need that you have 
And then uh, on, uh, when my wife gives those to me and they come across my desk, I speak the word of God over them. I don't, I'm not one of these preachers that heap a bunch of words uh, trying to uh, impress God. I just speak his word because he says I hasten to perform my word. So I just speak his word over your prayer request. And I know because he is my God and he always answers my prayers that your answer is on the way. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. You can be turning in your Bibles to Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38 for all you men. You know, in the Bible, if you, if, so you men understand that. In the Bible, when God called Moses, he said, Moses, Moses. When he called Abraham, he said, Abraham, Abraham. He always had to call the man twice because I don't know where he was being distracted to, but he was, seemed to be always being distracted. So when we, we call out you men, we have to tell some of y'all twice, and uh, that can be changed. Amen? What did I say? Luke 6, 38? 32? Okay. Luke 6, 32 plus 6 says... Give and you shall be given unto good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. How many of you know what your bosom is? Amen. That's that, that's that if you made a, a blanket, a, make a sack out of your shirt, that's, that's what we consider your bosom. We consider it just your household bank account. <laughs> Amen. God will give you what you give him. Amen. That's why he says I, that he loves a cheerful giver. You give from your heart. Not because uh, some preacher's up there trying to prod you to give. Amen. But if you don't give from your heart, it's not going to come back to you anyway. Amen. Got to give with a clear heart. Amen. All right. Let's stand to our feet and give unto the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Those watching by live stream, if you want to uh, pay your tithes online, you're welcome to do that. You go to hillcountrycowboychurch.com, uh, and I'm sure there's a place on there. I know there's a place on there that you can give over the Internet. Amen? Amen. We want you blessed. Yes. And like I just said, you can't be blessed. I'm not talking about just money. Right. I'm talking about be blessed, being a part of the covenant of God where he blesses you in everything. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you have an offering, hold it in your hand. If you don't, just, just, just raise a hand to heaven. God says, lift up holy hands. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you with our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. Father God, we ask that you receive them, that you multiply them to the spreading of your gospel, that many, many people will get saved through the missionaries that we give to, through the different ministries that we give to, Father God, that many, many people will get saved, Father God, and we're going to inhabit heaven because of what these folks today are giving. And we give you praise and glory that you also multiply it back into their households, some 60, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Why is they're taking up the offering? Well, praise God, we'll, we'll release the kids first as soon as they get done. Yeah, there we go. They're all ready. Where's my runner on this side? Come on, Sawyer. Yeah.
Let's stretch a hand out toward these young people. Father God, we thank you that these are the next generation of born-again Christians. We thank you, Father God, that you're pouring your heart out into them through the teachers back there, Father God. You're pouring your word into them. Like Jake said, that they're training up the children in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart from it. We thank you, Father God, that you are going to complete your work in their lives. And we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give your attention to the, the uh, screens, the monitors. Tomorrow night, man up, May 1st, 6 o'clock. Uh, I believe your brother Ronnie's got something new for us, praise God. Amen. If, he, if not, he's at least got a good tidbit. Midweek service is going to be Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, come one, come all. Uh, brother Ronnie did uh, last Wednesday. I know he did a great job. I haven't talked to him, but I may encourage him to just keep going on with that teaching. I don't know. We'll see. Amen. Who was here last Wednesday? How many of you would like to see Brother Ronnie teach again? <laughs> really? That many? Okay. <laughs> it's hard. Don't go out of town, right? <laughs> Amen. Also, Wednesday night, praise God, is youth night. Uh, we, uh, we enjoy training up our children in the way they go, uh, in the way they should go, no matter how old they are. Amen? Amen. Thursday night, sister to sister, 630. Amen. I know the ladies are in the middle of a, a great teaching. Amen. And they're going to continue that. Market day, May the 6th. Amen. It says 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Amen? Amen. Now, Brother Ronnie and I come out a little earlier than that. Praise God. I appreciate him coming out and keeping me company. We get here about 530 to 6. Amen. Hallelujah. Early bird gets the worm. Amen. Hallelujah. But your help is greatly appreciated. And then May the 13th, write this on your calendars. We are going to have a couple's night or a couple's evening, whatever it's going to be. It's our new couple's ministry. Amen. Um, Mr. Tim and Miss Amanda are going to be kicking that off for us. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are uh, going to go to Dripping Springs, I believe it is, and, and Tim's going to school us in the art of putt-putt golf. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he has a pass out to give everybody. Just get one, get one while you're eating or get one when he gives it to you on your way out. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for some word? I tell you what, I am. Glory to God. Be turning in your Bibles. Let me ask this uh, for all of our visitors. We would like everybody to have a Bible so you can read right along with us. Amen? So uh, we have Bibles that we can loan you. We have Bibles that we can give you. So if you need a Bible this morning, if you would, just raise your slip of hand up. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but I believe everybody needs a Bible. How I many of you know that if you don't have a Bible, I could tell you anything? Just think about that for a moment. The Bible talks about men spreading false doctrine. Well, you don't know if it's true or not if you ain't double-checking me in your own word. Amen. Now, I can tell you this. I'm accountable to him. So I'm going to preach the word. 
But a lot of times, too, it may help you with the soreness of your toes if you read it for yourself. Amen. Well, that preacher stepped on my toes. Well, if you'd have read it for yourself, you'd have stepped on your own toes. Amen. What did I say go to? I didn't? That's good. That's a good test. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. You know, over the past couple of months, it could even be longer, you know, we've been teaching quite a bit on the end times. Uh, and we've been talking about what we see happening, not only in the United States of America, but what we see happening around the world. <clears throat> and God has been, uh, when I did that teaching on discerning the times, discerning the end times, God started speaking to me personally about me, him wanting me to have a greater faith. And he's really been emphasizing to me the importance of me putting my total trust in him. Not just some of my trust. And I'm going to explain what that means in just a moment. Uh, but putting my total trust in him. He wants you and I both to put our total trust in him. <laughs> you know, when I hear people talk about faith... Uh, all the different aspects of faith. I am reminded of what faith really is. Does anybody in here know what faith really is? I know what the Bible says, faith, substance, things hoped for, evidence, things not seen, right? Faith, in simple Texas terms, is simply trusting God. It's simply trusting God for everything in your life. Faith comes, we were taught on this, from having a personal relationship with God. I mean, you have to know somebody to have a relationship with him. You have to know someone to be able to trust them that their word is good, don't you? Amen. How many of you know the more time you spend in God's word, the more time you spend in prayer, the more time you spend in fellowship with God, then the more your faith in him and his word will grow. Yeah. Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more I, and I'll just use me, so the more I feed on God's word, uh, the more my faith will grow. And God has been talking to me about increasing my faith. He's been talking to me about really believing in him. Yeah. Believing him to the point to where my trust, not only for me, but for my wife and my family, is totally in him. Can I get an amen? And as easy as that sounds, there are some things that can make it quite difficult to put our total trust in God. One of the greatest difficulties I have had in my, in my uh, growing with the Lord in my walk of faith and the thing I have had to face in my learning to develop my trust in God is that I have been taught, not only by my parents, but my, by schools and by society, to put my trust in so many things other than God. And these aren't necessarily bad things. But we've been taught 
to trust that tomorrow our job will still be there. We've been taught that our check will always come on payday. We've been taught that our bank account will always be available to us, that we will always have access either by a card or by check. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. We've been taught that the grocery store will always have food. Amen, sister. I don't know what you said, but amen. Amen. We've been taught to trust in all of these conveniences that make our lives so much easier. And it doesn't mean that we're bad people because we do enjoy the convenience of life, does it? Amen. I mean, I like convenience. How about you, sister? You like convenience? I think all of us in here like convenience, don't we? Amen. So conveniences are good. But what I want you to see this morning is what if these conveniences weren't there? And I'm not preaching gloom and doom, guys. I'm trying to teach you to be ready for what's coming. Amen. What if your job wasn't there? Could you believe God for your finances? What if the grocery stores ran out of food? Could you believe God to feed your family? Could you be like Moses and believe God to rain manna out of heaven? Could you be like Moses and believe God that you could go out in your backyard and smite a rock and get water out of it? I'm talking about faith that overcomes. Faith that moves mountains. We talked about moving mountains this morning singing. It takes great faith. Not weak faith, not, not little faith, but great faith. And it's going to take great faith to what's coming. Amen. What if you turned the faucet on and there was no water? What if the banking system collapsed? What if you had no access to your bank account? What if you couldn't put that card in there or you put your card in there and it said declined? What if it, you put your card in there and it says, sorry, no money? And then you ran around to the front door of the bank wanting to get in there and get some money and the doors are locked. What if the financial system collapses? Are you able to believe God to supply all of your needs? Tough questions, aren't they? What if you woke up in the morning and the world as you know it was turned upside down How many of you would consider that to be a severe storm? Just two of us. Okay, praise the Lord. No, that would be a heck of a storm, wouldn't it? If your world was turned upside down. How many of you would be able to, in the midst of that storm, say, Father, I'm not fully, I don't fully understand what's going on around me, but Father, I'm going to trust in you for everything. This one thing I do know, Father God, that I can put my trust in you. 
It's you, Father, that supplies what I need in Jesus' name. How many of you could actually say that and believe it? Amen. Those hands that went up, you may be tested. Because the tests are coming. The storms are coming, guys. We live in a society right now. We've been talking about it for the last two or three months. We live in a society that has been turned upside down. Amen. Listen, trusting God isn't just something we, we, we are to do in a crisis. Get a hold of this. Trusting God is what we are to do every day. Saying things like, Father, I'm going to my job, but my trust is really in you. Father, I'm grateful for my paycheck and my bank account, but Father God, my trust is going to be in your word. Father God, I'm thankful for grocery stores, but my trust is that you will supply food for me and my family. How much faith in God do we actually really live by? How much are we really trusting God? And I'm not saying this in a negative way, guys. I mean, I praise God for all the conveniences that we have. But what if they all disappear? Do we have faith to believe for supernatural supply from God? Let's see, if everything disappears... We may, we may say we believe, but you're going to have to have some great faith to believe for God to take care of you. And of course, I know men, we're all thinking right now, well, I can hunt, I can, hunt, I can grow my own food, I can do this, I can do that. Yes, you can. But what about helping those who can't? It's not just about me and my, me and my wife and my four kids. I don't have four, but... I just came out. <laughs> she was too. <laughs> well, okay, I'm going to. Spiritually, I got a bunch of kids. Oh, <laughs> got out of that one, didn't I? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we believe for supernatural supply? See, I truly believe God is wanting all of us to move up to that place where we can absolutely and totally trust in him for everything. Yes, I thank him for all the convenience. Yes, he has made available all the help we need in this life. But at the same time, uh, we need to make sure that we're trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. Are you with me? So this morning, I want to spend the next few moments talking about Faith that overcomes the storm. Faith that overcomes the storm. You know, our world right now, and I touched on this just a moment, and I've touched on it in the past, but our world right now is experiencing a massive spiritual storm. And when you experience a, a spiritual storm, it starts showing up in the natural and right now, because spiritual wickedness is attacking not only the United States of America, but attacking the countries worldwide, you're seeing darkness spread like it's never spread before. I would have never thought in my lifetime I would see the things happening today that I'm seeing. Amen.
Hallelujah. We're seeing a massive storm. With the things we're witnessing right now, I believe the rapture of the church is imminent and it could take place even before we finish this message. Can I get an amen? Somebody say, come Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Praise God. Are you ready? Are you living ready? Are you watching by live stream? Are you living ready for the rapture? Amen. Every day the world is getting darker and darker. And really, I don't know how it could get any darker. But Jesus said it would. He said in the last days there's going to be a great falling away. A falling away from what? Truth. Truth of the Word of God. Truth that we preach in here every Sunday. But so many churches, and I'm not being critical of that, but so many churches don't preach the truth. That's why I tell you, you get a Bible and you make sure I'm preaching the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Bible says things are going to get worse. You see, you see right now, in, uh, not in only in the United States. How many of you heard about that bank out in California? Uh-huh. Well, that's happening all over the world. Financial systems are collapsing. Amen. They're failing. Right now, Israel is on the brink of war. Right now, the world is on the brink of World War III. Countries threatening nuclear. Right now, our country is being so divided by mainstream media and by, by the different classes of people that we can see civil war at any moment. And again, I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm trying to get you to open your eyes, get your head out of the sand and make sure you see what's going on out there. Don't believe what you see on the news networks. Hallelujah. We're seeing all these things happening around the world. We're seeing Matthew 24 come to life right before our very eyes. And when we do, we need to ask ourselves, do we really have the faith to overcome the storms that are still to come? There's many coming. Jesus said there was, would be. Amen. Is our faith or our trust in God where it needs to be? Are we really, truly applying our faith to our life every day? <clears throat> I'm going to confess, I don't but I'm going to. Amen. I'm not where I want to be. Is there anybody else in here that's not where you want to be? Amen. Because you'll not get there until you admit where you're at. Until you know where you're at in Christ. Until you know where your faith is in Christ Jesus, you will not change. You'll just think everything's just peachy. You'll just keep going to your job every day, going to the bank every Friday, going to the grocery store, Parking outside, they even bring your groceries to you. You'll just keep going life as usual. And then one day, it could all be turned upside down. And what are you going to do then? I said, what are you going to do then? You're going to try to build your faith, right? Well, we're going to build our faith before we get there. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. See, I don't know. I'm not where I want to be. And if you think you're where you want to be or you need to be, you need to check yourself. Amen. 
Do we really have faith to overcome the storms that are coming? You see, my brothers and sisters, our faith is to be steadfast. Our faith is to be daily, daily bread, daily faith. Our faith is to be lived 24-7. And see, our faith is our absolute trust in God, whether things are good or things are not so good. It's our trust in God, whether things are going our way or things are not going our way. Whether our body is in complete order or maybe it needs a little order put to it. We are to trust God in the good and the bad times. Can I get an amen? In other words, our faith is always the same. That no matter what is happening around us, no matter what is happening to us, or no matter what is happening in us, we will put our trust in God Almighty. Can I get an amen? Listen to me. Our trust in God is what will put us over in this life. Our trust in God is what causes us to overcome the storms in our life. You will not overcome the storms in your life unless you trust God to help you through it. Amen. Hallelujah. What did the disciples do when they were in the boat and the floods came and the wind blew and the waves started beating over the ship? They went back and ran back there and woke up Christ. It says, don't you care that we're going to perish? What did Jesus do? He spoke to the wind, to the rain, to the waves, and said, peace, be still. I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, you can pray all day long for Jesus to come out of the back of the boat, but let me tell you something, he's sitting at the right hand of God. So if there's any speaking to be done to the, to the waves, if there's any speaking to be done to the wind, if there's any speaking to be done to the, the waves that's pounding over your household or your ship, Guess what? Come on, sister. Praise God. We got to speak it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That is so good. Praise God. Thank you, sister. I can just have you up here and teach. I can just I get excited when people answer the question. Our trusting God for everything is what's going to put us over in life. It's what's going to uh, overcome the storms in my life. It's going to overcome the storms in your life, whether it be a storm in your marriage, whether it be a storm you're having with your children, whether it be a storm you're having in your finances, whatever you call a storm in your life, faith can overcome that storm. So if you're in a storm this morning, brother and sister, you need to ask yourself, what are you doing about the storm? Is your faith overcoming the storm or is the storm overcoming you? Are you holding fast to your confession of faith? Are you saying the things that we've been teaching you to say all these years that you've been coming to this church? Are you saying the things you know to do or know to say? 
Are you speaking to your storm? Or are you magnifying your storm with what you're speaking? I'm going to let that sink in just for a moment. Are you speaking to your storm? Are you magnifying how big the storm is with your mouth? Are you going around telling everybody how big your storm is? Are you getting on social media and putting your storm on there and talking about your storm on social media? Getting awful quiet in God's house. Don't shout me down now just because I'm starting to preach good. This is what happens when I go on vacation. You come, I come back, you get both barrels. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to me. I'm hoping I'm preaching to somebody else in here this morning. Hallelujah. But my brothers and sisters, faith isn't just something that we say we have. Faith is something we live every day of our life. Look at this in 2 Corinthians. You there yet? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number seven. This is a very familiar scripture. Everybody in here ought to know this scripture. It says in verse seven, for we walk by faith. Everybody look up here at this sign. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Notice it says we walk by faith. In other words, we walk by, listen to me, by our believing or by our or we walk by our trusting. Believing and trusting in what, Pastor? Glad you asked. Believing and trusting in the Word of God. We are to believe and trust. We walk by faith. But we, our, faith, our faith is based on a belief system that God's Word is true. Amen. You see, God wants our total dependence on him. Can you get into heaven without doing what I'm telling you today? Yes. But why go through life in chaos and confusion and just fighting from one day to the next when you don't really have to? Amen. God wants our total dependence on him, not on a system, listen to me, that's going to fail. And really, my brother and sister, it's already failing. Amen. God is trying to get us ready, not just for the storms of life, but he's wanting to get us ready so we can be a people of faith and that we can be a people that demonstrate faith in this dark and crazy world. We are to be a demonstration of faith to the people around us. We are to be a hope. We are to be a, an answer when people are having troubles. How many of you, how many of you believe that? If you don't believe it, you ain't going to do nothing about it. It's only those who believe that you need to be helping somebody else that's going to do the things to get you to a certain place where you can't help somebody else. See, you can't help somebody in the next hospital bed if you're in the hospital bed. Get a hold of that. You can't help somebody that needs faith if you don't have faith. If you can't tell them what faith is. Amen. 
He's trying to get us ready. When this world starts to be upended, God wants a people that are steadfast in faith. God wants a people that are still highly favored. He wants a people that are still employed when everybody else is losing their job. He wants a people that are still being blessed. Not only that, but he wants a people that's being a blessing. Amen. That God has a people that are still walking with him. Jesus said in, I think it said Luke 18 chapter, he said, when I come back, will I find faith? He didn't say, if I, will I find a good praise and worship team? He didn't say, if I'd find a country preacher preaching in the pulpit. He said, when I come back, will I find faith? Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm preaching me happy. I know everybody in here is just thinking, I need somebody out there on Facebook just say, preach it, Pastor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll take a drink. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? I don't know if your faith is coming up higher, but I can see some of you elevating in your chairs, getting your feet off the ground. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. God wants a people that are walking with him and trusting in his word. My brothers and sisters, walking by faith should not be a mystery to the born-again Christian. It should be a way of life. Walking by faith isn't something we move in and out of when a crisis hits. Let me just park right there. Most Christians don't call on their faith until a crisis hits. And then it's, oh God. And we start quoting the scriptures. A lot of us start quoting the scriptures on the way to the hospital. But that's not the place to start quoting the scriptures. That's not the place to try to build your faith when you're in in the back of the ambulance. Are you listening to me? I'm just trying to help you. We're going to be a people of faith. We're going to grow up. We're going to put our big boy britches on. And we're going to help other people. Walking by faith in some we move in and out of. It's not something that we do today and then tomorrow we take the day off. Walking by faith is how we live our life every minute of every day. That's why the Bible calls it now faith. Hebrews 11.1 says now faith is. Not tomorrow's faith now faith. Everybody say now faith. Praise God. That every day I will trust God. That every day I will trust him for not only my life, but every day I will trust him for the lives of my family. That every day I will trust him for my marriage. I will trust him for my finances. In other words, I'm going to trust God with every area of my life. Uh, And you know what? I'm not ashamed to tell people that. You need to go into your life where you go and when you hear somebody talking about the everything's going on in the world, you ought to say, but God. And then you ought to tell them what but God means. We serve a God that's going to get us through. Didn't we just sing that song? Hallelujah. Let's don't just sing it, let's live it. Hallelujah, praise God. 
You know what? You want to know what whether uh, you're walking in faith or not? What do you? Okay, okay. Where you are in your faith walk, listen very closely, depends on your relationship with God's word. No word, no faith. No active faith. Let me change that. No active faith. Everybody's got faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says that. That every, every born again child of God gets a measure of faith. Amen? So it's not that you don't have faith. But where there is a lack of God's word, there is no active faith. Everybody say active faith. Hallelujah. Just having faith doesn't mean it's active. I'm going to say that again. Just having faith does not mean it's active. How do, we re- how do you release your faith? Come on, students. Let's see if you're paying attention. I, that's, 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 she's a teacher's pet, though. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. How do you release your faith? Everybody say, with your words. words. <laughs> Amen. With your words. So if you're not saying anything... Is your faith being released? Can you release your faith without saying anything? No. Anybody that's been in the Word of God any length of time knows that, and I'm going to show you the Scripture that proves it. You can be turning to Mark 11, 23. Is your faith being released if you're not saying anything? No, it is not. So I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your marriage. I want you to think about your children. What are you releasing out of your mouth about those areas of your life? See, if you're not releasing God's word over those areas, then you're not releasing your faith. Mark eleven twenty three says, for assuredly, listen to this, I say to you, turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you, but so we better wake up. For surely I say to you, whoever what? Whoever what? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Underline that in your Bible. But believes that those things he says will be done. Look at this. He will have whatever. He says, and that includes you women. God is no respecter of persons. So I want you to notice now that Jesus connects what a person believes. Where do we believe? In our heart, right? Stay with me now. Where do we believe? In our heart. Didn't he say, and does not doubt in your heart? That must be where your belief system comes from. Your belief system does not come from your head. You can't memorize scriptures and build faith. Faith comes from the heart. Notice Jesus connects what a person believes 
to what he or she says. So what are you saying? What are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your children? Getting off a cart in God's house. Listen to me. That's what I touched on earlier. A mountain does not always have to be a devastating disease. In other words, a mountain that's called cancer, a mountain that's called diabetes, a mountain that's called heart disease, a mountain that's called whatever other uh, threatening disease there is, life-threatening disease. It don't always have to be about that. Don't just pull your faith card out when you need something, when you need your life. Live by your faith card I said, live by your faith card, and a lot of those things won't come on you. I'm teaching myself that. Walking around saying, I walk in divine health. I walk in divine health. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Any poisonous thing that touches my body uh, uh, dies immediately. Speak the word over yourself. Then a symptom does come. You're healed in Jesus' name. I lay hands on myself. Don't it say lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? Well, what are you going to do? Call pastor? I may be down at Baytown. Well, I'll just stay sick till you get back, pastor. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Glory to God. It does not have to be a life-threatening mountain. Amen? A mountain can just be something that's in your way. Something that needs to be moved so you can keep moving forward with the God that you love so much. How about moving the mountain called a poverty mentality? Let me tell you something. I want everybody to listen to me so you can help somebody else. You think poor, you'll be poor. You think poor, you'll talk poor, and you'll be poor. You think poor, you'll talk poor, and you'll be poor. When you have poor, poverty mentality up here, and that poverty mentality gets in your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth's going to speak. And you may be thinking about your present situation of poverty, but what you're doing is you're, going, you're sending words out there and you're bringing poverty back to you. You need to watch your mouth. We all need to get rid of a little potty mouth. Amen. How about a mountain called poverty mentality? How about a mountain called fits of anger? Anger leads to bitterness. Bitterness, according to your Bible, brings confusion and every, everybody say every, every evil work. We need to get rid of our anger. You need to go to Jesus as your anger management counselor. You need to start loving people no matter what. How about that mountain called, y'all going to love this, complacency. How many of you know that God has so much more for you? How many of you want everything that he has for you? 
Y'all, some of you know I'm setting you up, right? <laughs> God has so much more for you. So I'm going to ask you a question. When are you going to be about the Father's business? What are you, when are you going to start doing His will in your life? Oh, we love to pray that prayer. Amen. Your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Really? How about just letting His will be done in your life? Glory to God. I'm helping somebody. If nobody else, I'm helping me and her. Because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Word of God. We're going to change for the better. We're going to get some of these things that we're falling short in out of our life. Amen. I'm preparing myself for, the, for what revival does come. See, revival is just when people out there are hurting so bad that they want to come to the hospital to get fixed. We're all surgeons. We're all to work at this together. You go into a hospital, the doctor ain't doing everything by himself. He's got nurses. He's got staff. Amen? The five-fold ministry, which I'm a pastor and a teacher in, is, is to train you up to do the ministry. It's not to, for me to do the ministry all by myself. Amen. Or, or the ones that do help. They say in most churches, uh, 20% of the people do 100% of the work. I say many hands make a light load. And I'm looking around this building today and I can honestly say most of you are working. And I give God all the glory for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me get back on my notes. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. We all have issues that come up in our lives from time to time. Some of them are rolling hills. Some of them would be considered the Rocky Mountains. My point is, what are you saying about your issues? What words are being released when you speak? Does not 2 Corinthians 4.13, you don't have to turn there, just look at the monitor. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, and since we have the same spirit of what? Faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also, that's you and me, believe and therefore speak. I'm going to say that again. We believe, therefore we what? Speak. He's saying our believing is always connected to what's coming out of our mouth. And I'm going to let that sink in a little while too. Say this with me. I believe, therefore I speak. What I speak is what I really believe. See, la. Amen. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, and we were there in Mark eleven twenty 20, it's the 23, so it's the scripture right before that one. Uh, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, he said, if I have the faith of God, then I'll have faith-filled words coming out of my mouth. 
And if I have faith-filled words coming out of my mouth, then my mountains, whether they're big mountains or small mountains, will be removed. Are you with me? Here's a pop quiz. Once again, how do you release your faith? Words. How do you receive what you're believing for? Words. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Father, for my healing. Thank you, Father, for my finances. Don't beg him for finances. Thank him for them. You receive by thanking God for what he's already given you. If you read your Bible, everything has already been furnished. When Jesus hung on the cross, stretched out, blood pouring out of him, he said, it is finished. That means everything that we need in this life, he accomplished on that cross, praise God. And then all we do to appropriate that is build our faith to receive. Amen. I know I'm giving you a lot today, but really this is just my introduction. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're going to start devouring faith because I believe that's where God wants us to go. Hallelujah. How do we release our faith? By words. How do we believe what we want? With our words. Now I want you to think about that area in your life that has you hindered, not stopped, but hindered from moving forward with God. It could be a mountain or it could be a molehill. It could be a molehill that your negative words has turned into a mountain. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's there. And you need it to move. Can I get an amen? How many of you know Jesus just told us what to what'll move it? In that 11th chapter of Mark, verse number 22, he says, have faith in God. The Greek, real Greek translation of that is have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Amen? The God kind of faith speaks the things and they happen. Read Genesis. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we have in our possession what God has given us to move any mountain in our life and it's called our faith. But we must speak faith-filled words. Amen. When you speak anything other than God's word over your life, it's out of order. And God has no obligation to bring it to pass. Amen. That's just the truth, guys. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down now. Hallelujah. Whatever your mountain may be, speak God's word over it. And then hold fast to your confession until it's removed. Amen. Listen. You don't have to go through life struggling from day to day. But you cannot be that person who is just sitting back, hoping and wishing for the best. Lord, I'm just hoping things will get better. Or, Lord, if it's your will, and you have just a couple extra minutes, Would you get me out of this mess that I got myself into? That ain't going to work. I said, that's not going to work. 
I used to beg and plead God. And I thought he was praying. Then one day he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm praying, Lord. He said, no, you're not. You're whining. He says, get up and quit whining. Start confessing my word over your life. Amen. Hallelujah. And listen, I'm not making fun of that. But where's the faith in talk like that? Where's the faith in that? Where are God's scriptures? Where is the word of God in your life? What are scriptures are you declaring? What are you saying about the situation? Let me give you a good example of one of my examples. I'll just put it that way. But I'll speak of it like it's somebody else. Well, pastor... You know, I only make so-and-so or I only make such-and-such at my job. So it's just really hard to make ends meet. And I know the Bible says to tithe and to give, but man, after I get to pay my bill, there ain't nothing left. I can't even hardly make ends meet. I mean, my rent is always late. My kids are wearing rags. If you don't believe me, look at the holes in their knees. Oh, no, that's the fashion nowadays. Groceries are so high, I can't even hardly afford beans and rice. I don't know what's wrong with that meal. I was raised on it. <laughs> Amen. Every once in a while, mom put a little hamburger meat in it. Hallelujah. But groceries are hard and so high, I can't even hardly uh, afford to buy groceries for my family. You know, all I want to say when, that, when I hear something like that is listen to what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying. Could what you're saying be your mountain? Could your own mouth be your mountain? I'm getting some people, I'm getting some head shaking now, see. Did we not just read what we believe, therefore we will speak? If I speak poor, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be poor. If I believe I'm poor, I'm gonna speak poor. So if you're continually speaking poverty and lack, I need to ask you another question. Are you not getting what you truly believe in your heart? Everybody would have to say yes. I would say then don't complain about it. Until you get tired of living on what you're living and living on words that you're living, you ain't going to change. But when you get tired of living the way you're living, you will change your confession. You will change no matter what it looks like. You can't go by what you're looking at. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen. You can't see faith. You speak faith into existence. And that's not no name it and claim it, okay? Don't go saying, thank you God for a million dollars when you can't even afford to, you can't even be right to, and tithe on the hundred. Amen. And it ain't all about tithing. It ain't all about money. That just came up, okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Where is the faith in that kind of talk? Pull up at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 in the Amplified Bible. I need to hurry. Praise the Lord. How many of you are getting hungry? Okay, we'll start listening quicker so we'll get done. Hallelujah. And I need a little air. Please, sir. Thank you. 
It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, just look at the monitor. It says, for we walk by faith. Look at this. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or our belief. Respecting man's relationship to God. Look at that. Underline that. Well, you ain't got to amplify. Don't underline it. And divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk not by sight or appearance. This is not a criticism, my brothers and sisters, but most people walk by sight. They walk by what they see. They walk by the things, the way things appear to be. Or they walk by their feelings. And when you make decisions based on what you see, what you feel, you are not walking by faith. You are walking according to your natural senses. In other words, you're trying to do it all yourself. You're not trusting God for anything. Just get up and go to my job, go to check, get my check, cash it, go buy groceries, go home, do the same old thing over again next week. And that's okay. Everybody say, that's okay. But what if it ain't there? That's where we're going. What if it ain't there? And I'm not saying it's not going to be. But things ain't getting no better. And unless the raptured church takes place, we're going to still suffer some of the beginning sorrows that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24. How many of you ever read Matthew 24? The rest of you need to read it. Amen. So he says here, we are to regulate our life by faith. That we conduct or live our life by faith. So me regulating and living my life by faith means I regulate and live my life by his word, which I believe. For example, if I had an issue in my life, faith does not ignore that issue. Faith changes that issue. Are you hearing me? In other words, faith is not ignoring what is. Faith changes what is. Are you with me? I don't deny having a cold if I'm walking around coughing. That would be a lie, wouldn't it? Man, to go to hell for lying just quickly will for stealing. So I don't deny that I have a cold if I'm coughing, but I can, listen to me, deny it's right to stay in my body. Amen. I can deny the cold to stay because of what Jesus did for me. And I do that by saying, by his stripes, I am not going to be, but I am healed. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing. So I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. See, faith is not denying what's there. Faith is changing what's there. And it changes what's there by speaking what God had wrote, what God writes in that book. Can I get an amen? You need to get a hold of that. That is a principle of faith. Faith don't ignore, faith changes. I'm hot and I'm sweating and she's freezing over there. Praise the Lord. Hey, we're all things to all people. Amen. I told somebody this morning, I probably shouldn't have confessed this. I said, you want to feel the heat, man. Come up here where I'm at. 
Hey, I was talking about the lights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> All right, where am I? All right, here we are. Faith doesn't deny what's there. Faith changes what's there by speaking God's word. Amen? Now I turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I got four minutes with three pages left. Praise the Lord. Actually, five pages. So. Woo! So we won't get done today. As a matter of fact, I told you already that this is just my introduction. Amen. We're going to have a series on faith. Amen. Then we're going to have some testimonies about what faith does for us. Amen. Praise God. See, brother and sister, it's my prayer that we would all, all of us, increase in our wisdom and knowledge of the God kind of faith. That we would receive insight and understanding of what overcoming faith really looks like. Can I get an amen? Let's look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I will start reading with verse number 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. How many of you know there is no life outside of Jesus? To Timothy, a beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with the pure conscience as my forefathers did and as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. Now before we go any further, I need to kind of give you a picture of what's going on in, in this chapter. Paul is writing to Timothy because Paul has received word that Timothy was under tremendous pressure. Uh, Timothy uh, pastored a very large church in a city called Ephesus. Uh, matter of fact, it was the largest uh, church in that city. Uh, it, they, some theologians say it had about 50,000 members, not that that's important, but you got to understand with more folks to take care of, the pressure gets more. Yeah. Amen. That's just natural for the pastor. The pastor's always preaching for his people. I mean, t praying for his people. Yeah. Amen. And rightfully so. But it puts a great deal of more pressure on the pastors. Not that I'm looking for any pats on the back. I'm just telling you what's going on in Timothy's life. He's got 50,000 members to pray for. All right, you got a picture of that? Hallelujah. So Timothy is pastoring a great big church. Hallelujah. And he's under tremendous pressure. There's a guy named Nero who's a madman. And he delights in killing Christians. He delights in making sport of them. It would be like me taking this section right here and putting them out in the arena and having chariots with those cutty things on your wheels and just running by them because they're, they're, they're hindered from even moving and just chopping them up. I'm not trying to get graphic, but I'm just trying to give you a picture of the pressure that Timothy was under as their pastor because they were killing thousands per day. Amen. We have no idea what the early Christians went through. We complain when somebody takes our seat that we normally sit in. 
we're going to leave the church. Somebody gets our parking space. That's why I got a reserve deal on my chair down there. <laughs> well, that came back, didn't it? I just want to give you a picture of what's going on. So Timothy, being the head of this Christian movement, he had a very large target on his back. And actually, he was experiencing tremendous fear. Because we're not going to get to it, but in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And we're going to be talking about that more in the future. But you got to understand that Timothy was under tremendous fear in his life. Now watch what Paul writes to Timothy to try to encourage him. Verse number five. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, I can stop right there and preach another whole message. How many of you know there are times in all of our lives that we need to call to remembrance the faith that is in us? Amen. That there are times when the pressures of life seemingly get so overwhelming that we need to call to remembrance who we are in Christ Jesus. That my faith is greater than any trial. That my faith is greater than any storm. Can you say amen to that? Paul said in verse number five, he says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Notice Paul was reminding Timothy that his faith is greater than the storm. He says, and if he had to write it, which he didn't, so I'm just ad-libbing this, he probably would have said, Timothy, I know people are dying all around you. I know uh, Nero is a nut, and he is uh, uh, hell-bound on killing Christians. I know he delights in killing Christians. I know you're under tremendous pressure, but remember your faith, Brother Timothy. Remember your faith. In closing this morning, I'd like to tell you as your pastor that when you're being pressured by the storms in your life, remember your faith. Don't magnify the storm, but instead magnify God and magnify the faith that is in you. Can I get an amen? First John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. Faith is what overcomes the storms of life. Faith is what overcomes the trials of life. And you have that overcoming faith on the inside of you. First John 4, 4 says this. It says, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. It says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. How many of you believe you got the greater one on, on the inside of you? I'm going to give everybody another chance at that. I want to see every hand. How many of you believe in your heart that you got the greater one living on the inside of you? If you've got the greater one living on the inside of you, you have the faith of God on the inside of you. 
get a hold of that. You have the God kind of faith in you. But it will do you absolutely no good if you do not develop it and you do not apply it to your life. We must be doers of the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? Let's get on our feet and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your Word. Hallelujah. Thank you for your Word, Lord. Everybody say this with me. Thank you, Father, for this message. I'm going to take this message. I'm going to put it in my heart. I'm going to repeat it to myself. And I'm going to be a doer of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We never close out a service without giving everyone that's in this room and everyone that's watching by live stream this morning. There is no distance in the spirit realm. So whether you're sitting in this room this morning or you're watching by live stream, if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a greater way, I'm telling you, you can. And if that's you this morning and you want to be more faithful, you want to, your faith to grow, and you want to know Jesus in a greater way, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just slip a hand up and then put it right back down. You don't need to hold it up because God saw those hands. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only son. I believe he was sent here to build my faith so that I could see what he did and I could duplicate it in my life. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Show me in your word what you would have me do and I'll do it. In your precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord another clap offering. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to close this out, but then I'm going to want everybody to sit back down for just a moment. We always end our services saying that we serve a miracle working God and you're next in line for your miracle. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed. If you would like, just sit down a moment. Miss Sarah. Hallelujah. Sorry. That's okay. So we just wanted to uh, recognize uh, Brenda and Pastor John. It is their uh, sixth year. Um, so we're just giving honor where it is due. So if y'all just can watch this, we made a little slide for y'all.
just wanted to say thank you so much for taking we love you guys so much and we are so thankful to have you Pastor, Ms. Brenda. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know what a blessing you both are to us. We've learned so much from you, and we really appreciate you. God bless. Happy anniversary, Pastor. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for touching our lives, making a difference in our lives, and for that sign yes. you give us when we're stumbling. We wish all the very best, and we look forward to many, many, many more years of learning with you. Thank you both. Hey, Pastor and Brenda, it's Joe and Debbie. Sorry Hi. we couldn't be here today, but we also want to send our love and appreciation for you all serving the, us and this church for the last seven years. Amen. Pastor, you're our shepherd and wouldn't have it any other way. Brenda, you're my spiritual mama, and we love you, and we're so happy that God has blessed us with you here. Hey, Pastor John and Brenda, we just wanted to say thank you so much for taking on this endeavor of our church and introducing us to some amazing people for your fellowship and most of all for your friendship. We love you guys so much, and we are so thankful to have you leading the way for our salvation. We appreciate you very much. Your turn. <laughs> hey, y'all, I just wanted to say thank you so much, and that I praise our Lord that he led us here and became a part of this family, and it's thank you for your obedience, your endurance, and your commitment to helping all of us, and we truly, truly love you, and, and so grateful in so many ways that you're a part of our lives. We love you. It's from the Deans. <laughs> We just want you to know how much we love you and appreciate you and what a difference you've made in our lives. John, you're a man to ride the river with. That is the strongest compliment you can pay from one cowboy to another. And Brenda, the world is a better place because you've lived here. True. And we love you both. Thank you, Pastor, for everything you do. And Brandon, we know that y'all work hard to bring God's Word to our church, and we appreciate it more than you know. We love you all. Thank you. Pastor John and Brenda, we just want to thank you for all that you've done for us. We have really loved being here at this church. You have been such an inspiration and such a leader for us. We really love both of you. We appreciate everything you've done for us. Hi, Pastor and Brenda. I want to thank y'all for everything that you've done for me. You know my testimony, March 1st, 2020. Um, Pastor, you spoke the words that Jesus gave you that brought me to Christ, and I'm still here. And every sermon that you preach is the, is the second best I've ever heard. I love you guys. Thank you. Pastor, Miss Brenda, I just want to say how much I love y'all. I appreciate you, the teachings of the pastor, the changes in my life since I've joined this body. It's just, I have no words for it. But anyway, I love y'all and thank you for all you do for all of us. Well, Pastor, this is Kurt, as you probably know. I uh, just want to let you know how much we love you, how much we're glad we found this church, and all of the things that you do and teach us, and your words, and just everything that you do for us, we love it. Hey, Pastor, um, we we uh, we love you guys. Um, your uh, your knowledge and wisdom has uh, saved our 
saved our marriage, our our family, our lives. <clears throat> you uh, continue to bless us with your your wisdom and the way you uh, explain things to us and teach us every day. Um, you're more than a pastor to us. Uh, you're uh, you're uh, family, and uh, we love you for everything you've done for us. Uh, and uh, we just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you uh, and uh, and Brenda for everything that y'all do uh, in the church. Uh, so enjoy your pastor appreciation day. Thank y'all. We love you. Okay, time for bed. Got awful quiet in this house. In closing, thank you, Pastor, for everything that you do. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And uh, one of y'all better say amen, or I'm just going to keep going. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Thank y'all. This church would not be what it is without all of you. You're the ministry. We just have the privilege and the honor to stand before you and stand with you as we go through this life together until we all meet Jesus in the air. Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's pray over the food and let's go eat. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everything that's going to be served today, Lord God. We thank you that you bless it with your presence, Lord God. Would you bless our fellowship and that it nourishes our bodies, whether it be Mexican food or not. In Jesus' name, amen.